0: Thank you, John, Ashley, and Art. Tonight we got Chuck Walsh from the Newburgh group, correct? Yes, sir. It was about two or three weeks ago I called him the lead. And uh, I would like to, he hit the lottery. He was, oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for asking me to lead. It was was nice. Then today I called him to remind him that I was leading. He said, there was no need. I knew I was coming out and he told me today he was an engineer. He used to drive a train. <laughs> I remember the first time I ever heard him lead. He told me he, was, he said from the podium that he was a boxer now, this guy's a boxer now he's an engineer uh, an engineer that drives a train I okay? mean and I know that tw- that that third that uh the third chapter of the big book describes him very well, I know we all use some excuses you know that 's a very good chapter. i'd like to read that chapter uh, anyways uh Chuck needs no introduction, you know what I'm saying? Uh, he's a powerful example to me. He always has been since the first time I, uh, I heard him lead on a sister nation many, many moons ago. Uh, he's just, uh, he's a, I, know he, I know he knows the Lord, and I know he loves this program. I'm going to give you Chuck Walsh.
1: Boy, that was nice, spot. Thanks, buddy. God bless you, man. Boy, I like that. I do have a God in my life today. You know, I just was talking to a guy spent roughly about twenty years of his life in the penitentiary. Just about five minutes ago, ten minutes ago to be exact. That's what alcohol does, Chuck. Before we start, can you help me with the Lord's prayer, or the serenity prayer? God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. It's very easy for me to talk. Very easy. I see a clock there. I have a wristwatch. I know what less than a half hour is. And boy, when Bob called me, I need, I need a a desperately. I don't care how long you're sober, Chuck. This gift is given to us just today. You know? And, you know, my story is no different than anyone here. It's a story of tragedy, loneliness, fear, anxiety, guilt, remorse. It's terrible, terrible feeling to get sober, very uncomfortable. You know, before I came to AA, I had some gifts. I had some talents. I graduated from a fine Jesuit college. I was a professional boxer. I did some professional acting on Broadway. I was an attorney in the state of Ohio. I was a high school football coach. And you know, I I was a lot of people, a lot of different guys. And the truth of the matter is, I never went to college. I was never that professional boxer. I was never any of those people. But give me some muscatel wine, and I became those people. I mean, I just love staying high. And here I am tonight. My hands aren't perspiring I'm not overly concerned. I'm not even concerned what you think of me. See, AA's given me that gift. AA's given me so much, so much. And the sad part of this, Chuck, is I take it for granted. I could remember when I'd first come to AA, a guy would be up here talking, and I'd say, that's impossible. He's lying. It's not possible. And I'm in a workhouse <laughs> at the Cleveland Correction workhouse. And it was truly a workhouse at that time. It was productive. They had cattle there. They had a farm there. But I couldn't work. I told Ms. Sharp every time I went out there, I says, I can't work. I got ran over by a car, and that was the truth. At the age of 21 years old, I was a misfit. At the age of 21, I just couldn't handle life. I graduated from St. Joe's High School in 1956, and if you seen me, you'd say, hey, that kid's going to do okay. I got discharged from the Marine Corps, thank God, honorably, And uh, my service life was blah. And why was it blah, Chuck? Because I was drunk every time I had an opportunity. I wasn't in. There was no conflict going on. So I was blessed. What do you mean it was blah? Every opportunity I got, I drank. And I was in some beautiful countries. You know, grease, I mean, just beautiful. And what did you see in Greece? Alcohol. I got afflicted with this illness right from the get-go as a young boy of the age of 14 years old. And by that I mean I was afflicted. I never had a good time drinking and I'll I'll explain that, because every time I drank alcohol, I was someone else. I never was able to be myself when I drank alcohol. And what I'm trying to get at is I just didn't like being sober, I guess, at the age of 14 and And in my high school days, every time I had an opportunity to drink, I certainly did, and a lot. And I would steal to get that Muscatel wine, and I did that many times. What did alcohol do to me? It destroyed my life. Hey, mister. Do you have a nickel? Hey, mister, do you have a dime? You know, when you lose your pride and your self-respect, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And then the sad part of that, Chuck, is you go back drinking again. I'd go in and out of that workhouse like it was nothing. And there to me was, I was young, I still had that good physical makeup, but I couldn't work. All kinds of dishonesty, and that's part of my illness, just like I had no spiritual life, part of my illness. This is a baffling, baffling illness, Chuck, and you better not forget it. Chuck, I'm not impressed with years. This is just one day at a time, Chuck. I've been with you people now since 1971. That doesn't impress me at all. Not at all, because it's been a gift from God. And when I came here, I didn't bring anything. I didn't bring anything. All I brought when I came to these AA meetings was a young man that was full of fear, full of guilt, full of remorse. And really, I like to say I was a misfit. What do you mean you're a misfit? The only way I could function in society is drink. And when I got here, I didn't know how to interact with people sober. And I was a young boy, 14, 15, 16 years old, I drank with the winos in the neighborhood down in White City, and we used to pass the muscatel fifths around, and I'd be drinking right with the winos in the neighborhood at White City, drinking right out of the same bottle. And some of these guys never took a shower for months. I had problems. And you know, I better not forget how I suffered. I lived in a penthouse on 17th and Superior. Yeah, penthouse. It was no penthouse. It was a flop house on the south side of St. Clair, the 17th. It was a rooming house (laughs) On 17th and Superior, if my mother and father ever seen the way I was living, they would die. No bathroom, shared a bed with a guy, a gal, and myself. And my employer was right across the street, manpower. And as sure as I stand here tonight, I didn't think there was anything wrong with me. I didn't think I had a drinking problem. Well, I'll tell you, this alcohol, you're the last one to know, Chuck. Everyone around you knew you were a a drunk, and you didn't even know you had a drinking problem. I had a drinking problem right from the first time I drank alcohol. It really, my life was unmanageable when I drank alcohol. I did things and said things that I regret it. And here I am tonight to share my story. And you said a less than a half hour Chuck. Boy, it's been a real beautiful, beautiful way of life coming to AA. It's been a gift. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've had my problems since I've been sober, but that's life, Chuck. Grow up. And I never was able to grow up. But since I come to <coughs> AA, I've been taught very well to grow up and face reality. How did I get sober? How did you get sober? I didn't get sober. Uh-uh. My, my sponsor, Tommy he said to me, are you an alcoholic, Chuck? And I said, gee, I don't know, Tom. I don't think I am. You know, how sick. How, this is when I first came in the program. And, and what I'm trying to say to myself tonight... I didn't know what the hell I was. I knew my life was unmanageable, but damn it, every time I drank, I told you I was six foot six. I graduated from college, and man, I was all these people, a lawyer, a boxer, and uh, it was all fantasy world. Because when I drank alcohol, I lived in a fantasy world. Couldn't work. No, I couldn't work. And you keep saying, how did you get sober, Chuck? I just kept coming to these meetings, and I didn't like these meetings at all. Did not like these meetings at all. Didn't like the handshake. I didn't like that fellowship. I didn't like anything about that. I was full of fear and anger. And I kept coming to these meetings. And you know, they started talking about a higher power. And that's when it started clicking. And then I came to realize my life was, I was powerless over alcohol. Because so many times, I'd come in and out of AA. And every time, I'd get in trouble. Every time I'd get in trouble, I never had a car, and I'd get picked up for drunken driving, and, and uh, three times in less than a year. Now, something's got to be wrong with you, Chuck. And I still didn't think I had a drinking problem. And I remember I'm in East Cleveland, and I'm in the cell there, and I said to the turnkey, I says, <coughs> What do they got me for? I didn't even know they picked me up for drunk and driving the first time. He said, they got you for drunk and driving. No big thing. And then uh, the second time was up in Chardon. That was a mess. Didn't think nothing of it. So I went to court in Chardon. It was $250. to me at that time was like $250,000 because at Manpower, I'm making $8 and change every day. I get a check every day, and every day I'm drunk. And the third time I get picked up, it's in Brattonall, and I went to school with the Chiefs, all his kids, the Cregan's, and he says to me one morning, He says, we're not going to let you go this time. I said, man, what kind of guy is he? You know, God, give me a break. So Strathern, it was December 24th. Strathern said he called the chief, and he says he's going to let me out. And the cops from Brattonall drove me right to my street on 140th and Othello. And you know what I did? As soon as they dropped me off, I went to the neighborhood bar. And that bar, they didn't want me in there, but I begged them for a drink. You know, it's amazing what we do for a drink. You lose your self-respect and your self-dignity and your self-worth. Because when I drink, I I did things, said things, and acted just like an animal. And here I am tonight. I don't want to drink. I don't have any desire for it. And I feel comfortable. And who do I owe that to? I owe that to you people. You people. And my God. And my wife. God, yes. And how did this happen, Chuck? Simple. Very simple. God came into my life, ladies and gentlemen, and just very slowly kept insisting that I keep coming to these meetings. And I started coming to these meetings. I joined Newburgh for my home group and I didn't like it I didn't like Newburgh but my brother said hey you need this Newberg. it's good <laughs> Jeez, the comments were longer than the lead and I, 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 I would say to my brother and, and it's just, these people are crazy You know, just keep coming. And you know, anybody talk about God or anything spiritual, I get very uncomfortable. My hands would perspire. They were already perspiring when I first come around. But boy, I'll tell you, it was a very confusing time when I came here. I didn't understand anything. And Tommy Fahey was good. Boy, was he good. I'd go to his house, and he says, we're going to church. I says, church? I says to myself, this guy's out of his mind. It's the last thing I want. And he lived right across the street from St. Catherine's. And I didn't like that either. But as time went on, I was starting to develop a spiritual way of life. And Tommy says, one of your problems, Chuck, is you don't know how to be honest. I said, what the hell are they talking about? I mean, I'm here because I can't drink alcohol. Now he's telling me I'm a dishonest person. What was I confused. Ah, man. And I did go see a psychiatrist because I really didn't know what the hell was going on. And I, I, I felt so uncomfortable. My mind was going a million miles an hour. And that doctor Senta, He says, just keep coming to the meetings and everything will fall in place. And I stand here tonight and share with you. I just kept coming to these meetings and everything fell in place. God, you know, <laughs> I can remember working at Manpower. And, you know, thank God. Thank God AA showed me how to get a job. Uh, he showed me how to do everything showed me how to live. But the most important thing A.A. showed me, that there is a higher power. There is a God. And please, Chuck, get to know him. Get to know him. And what I did is I went on retreats. You know, I went to a Catholic high school, and my parents were the best examples in the world. You think I would know that you know, But I struggled with it. I struggled so much with higher power. And thank God I, I, I did find out that man, I says, Tommy, I just am full of doubt. He says, look at the sky, Chuck, and we're looking at the sky. And he says, look at the shrubs, and look at the trees, and look at Mother Nature. Who do you think made all that? And I says, he says, you think man made that Chuck?" I says, no, Tom. He says, God made it right. I says, yeah, you're right. He says, start believing. And boy, my my life has changed so much. And you know, today, I go down to the monastery down in Kentucky once a year and spend time with the, the monks and pray <clears throat> And uh, I come home and my wife says, now you're going to be an angel for a week. <laughs> and that's true. But boy, I, 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 you know, just like the second, third, and eleventh step, them are the spiritual steps that is programmed, Chuck. But Chuck, the most important step, all 12 of them are important. But you never can stop. Stop that number one step. You've got to constantly have it at your side. Powerless life has become unmanageable. Boy. And you know, I was given the gift to believe in a God, I was given the gift to talk to another human being and share what I've done in the past that wasn't God's will. And that was tough for me, but I did it. And I wrote it down. And I can report to you tonight, I have no guilt of my past. God forgave me. That's in the fourth and fifth step, Chuck. And what a gift, what a gift. I'm not concerned What's going on? You know, if people say something, or uh-uh, that's not important, Chuck. What are you are you doing God's will? That's more important. I don't like to be around anyone that says anything like gossip. I can't tolerate it. And thank God, since I've been in the program, it's very, very minimal. way you can talk is right, and the thing is, life has been good. And, you know, I make that inventory, and God <laughs> forgave me for what I've done in the past. And the beautiful thing is, I don't have to share with you all the things that I've done in the past. And I'm sorry for what I've done. And God forgave me. And I have to ask God to remove those character defects like that selfishness and that dishonesty, that self-seeking. Yeah. And then at night when I go to bed, I say my prayers and I take that inventory and I review what I've done today. And, boy, I can tell you, life is so much easier now. I'm married. Margaret and I have been blessed to have five children. (coughs) It's been a good life. AA's been good to me, very good to me. I did not have to ask someone to take me here tonight. I did not have to walk here tonight. I have the finest car in that parking lot. What kind of car is it, Chuck? A Bentley? Trust me, it's the finest car in that parking lot. And the thing is, I need to go to AA meetings more today than any other time in my life. I try to go to minimum four to five meetings a week. Why, Chuck? Why do you keep coming back? Come on. My life is saved. And it's so simple. So simple. And you people have taught me to love. Boy, that's a good feeling. To love my fellow man. God, is that nice. And you know... When I leave here tonight, how will I conduct myself? When I go home, how do I treat my wife, Margaret? (coughs) That's what I learn here is how to behave myself. And then when I leave here, put it into application. And, Bob, I want to thank you for asking me, can you please help me with the Lord's prayer?